Hey, this is Greg. And Zach. Welcome back to the Harvestgate podcast. Thanks for joining us for June 2020, part two. Today, we're going to explore what's going on with the discussion on upcoming events, goals, timelines, and more. We'll be digging deeper and putting some food for thought on our plates. But first, Zach, I thought it would be nice if we started on the lighter side this week. Uh, have you heard any good church jokes lately? Uh, it's not necessarily a new church joke, but it's a great one. Um, so I was, I was walking uh, in San Francisco along the Golden Gate Bridge when I saw a man about to jump off. So, you know course i tried to dissuade him from committing suicide and i told him simply that god loved him and when that happened a tear came to his eyes uh and then i asked him i said are you a christian a jew a hindu an atheist or what and he said well i'm a christian i said me too small world protestant or catholic he said protestant i said me too what denomination and he said baptist i said me too northern baptist or southern baptist he said northern baptist I said, well, me too, Northern Conservative Baptist or Nor- Northern Liberal Baptist? And he said, Nor- Northern Conservative Baptist. And I said, well, that's amazing, Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist or Northern Conservative Reformed Baptist? And he said, Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist. And I said, remarkable, Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region or Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist <laughs> Eastern Region? And he said, Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region. I said, it's a miracle. Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of, 19, of 1879 or Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. And he said, Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. And I said, die, heretic. And I pushed him over the rail. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I, you so, know, that is like a great summarization of how many denominations there really are, and how quickly it can go from, you know, uh, friendly like, oh, we have so much in common, to you cannot possibly be the same religion as me uh, because your sign by the road says something different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's well, a, it's a. It's a funny joke, but a sad treatise on the world that we live in today. Uh, well, that is uh, unfortunately how a lot of jokes are feeling these days. <laughs> yes. Tinged with a little bit too much harsh reality for my taste. Uh, but that, that was a good one. I, lo- I liked starting off with something light here. We're going to uh, dive in and talk a lot about um, plans. And some of those plans may be specific. Some of those plans may be not very specific. Uh, but I want to kind of jump through a few uh, with you about, let's start with events uh, of things that we know are happening, that we're thinking about um, in the future here with Harvestgate. Anything on the horizon? Um, you know, honestly, there's not there's not anything that's too exciting coming up. Um, I believe that Liz, you know, I think we had talked about this in the past and then the whole, you know, global pandemic thing kind of threw us off. Oh, that um, little thing, yeah. I that remember. little blip on the radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, but I believe that Liz is in the process of trying to settle on a date for the um, uh, the women's... Uh, oh, I'm so bad at these kinds of things. Uh, the the women's used. clothing drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lightly used women's clothing sale. 
Um, so all of the proceeds from that will go towards the Harvestgate um, network. Um, and that, of course, is something that we had planned some time ago, got pushed back for obvious reasons. You can't be uh, passing around clothes that everybody's touched uh, without passing around a couple germs with them. So, yeah, so best to play it safe there, which makes sense. Um, yeah. You know, I know that we have talked a little bit about other things that we want to do as well. So we hope to have more news on events soon. Uh, you know, I guess part of it is just figuring out how to do these things safely, right? We want to make sure that we're, you know, uh, progressing as a church, but also uh, keeping people safe in the process. Yeah, it's a matter of being safe. It's a matter of making sure that we're sticking to the recommendations of those who are experts and just being respectful of those kinds of things and of people. And also in the midst of that, trying to coordinate schedules and locations and all of that fun stuff. So I say fortunately, I'm not the one who has to deal with that because that's something that that Liz is all about. So, um, And uh, we just had our Father's Day uh, baked box. That was a great fundraiser. Um, and right now, this is, uh, I'll just say it's in the rumor mill because it has not officially been uh, announced but um, or actually officially decided upon, but I think that we're going to be doing this a 4th of July baked box um, uh, for anyone who wants to take uh, some cookies and and maybe some baked goods uh, to your 4th of July parties. So uh, that's something also that might be on the horizon. For anyone who uh, didn't get a chance to hear about the previous baked boxes, how does that work? Uh, What do they need to know? Obviously not being confirmed, but how did the previous ones work? Yes. So first of all, the first thing you need to know is that my wife is an amazing baker slash cook. Um, She is self-taught, but I've like, you know, the coffee house thing has just been kind of slow rolling. Um, But in the midst of things we've been doing um, these, Liz has been doing these baked boxes and I'm her, um, I'm her assistant. Um, (laughs) But we've had many people say like, uh, why don't you guys just open up a bakery? Because these things are amazing. So that's thing number one um, is you have to know that my wife is an amazing baker and she makes incredible tasty treats, which is why I'm chubbier than I need to be. Um, what was uh, the but, uh, dessert that she made at the last service? Uh, tiramisu. That so, was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, and that was just something that she just whipped up. <laughs> oh, um, oh. Just, yeah. I see um, what you did there. Now, listen, yeah. the, the joke section was already finished. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. We're on, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're on what's going on. That's right. Um, oh yeah. So, um, uh, you'll see, uh, if we do decide to do this, what you'll see is you'll see something come across our Facebook page. So like, and subscribe to our Facebook page. Um, and on there, we make an announcement. There's going to be a, a bake box, and you have, uh, you know, it's usually like a one or two week window to order. Um, and we have pickup times, and we also have delivery times if you are interested on whatever. So it's it's generally on a specific day, usually on a Saturday or something like that. So mm-hmm. I think our last pickup time was from ten to two. Uh, so it'll probably be on a Saturday, uh, either before or after. Uh, probably the Saturday before 
um, uh, 4th of July. And I'm going to guess that the pickup time will probably, speculation, uh, be somewhere between 10 and 2. And then there's also delivery options there. And all of the proceeds from that uh, goes to pay, uh, I'm sorry, goes towards um, Harvestgate Network. So that's how awesome. that works. Yeah. Thank you very much for updating us on that. We'll look forward to official announcements on that in the near future. Keep an eye on our Facebook page uh, for that. Um, I want to, you know, rewind a little bit back to some of our earliest podcasts where we talked about, you know, what is Harvestgate? What are we trying to do? What are our goals? And we had very ambitious goals that, you know, would have had us launched by right about now, June of this year. Uh, there are obviously well-documented uh, hurdles affecting everybody in that timeline. Um, so, you know, w- as specific as we can be, I guess, at the moment, where do we think we are? Where do we want to be? Um, what do we know at the moment? Yeah, so uh, I think some of what you're referring to, Greg, is um, the launching of Harvestgate Coffee House. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is still... Um, it's still part of the vision, still part of the dream, still part of the, um, the plan. Um, however, um, there are no immediate goals for that. Uh, we still have a lot of fundraising to do. Um, and we we're trying to, to move forward with discernment and in wisdom, uh, and sensitivity to just the state of the world that we are in. And Mm so, um, you know, actually a couple of weeks ago, Liz and I went um, and we looked at a location for, it was like an old house built in 1850. And we're like, that would be a really cool place for a coffee house if we could like, uh, you know, remodel it and all that fun stuff. And we walked inside um, and it looked like something from a horror movie. Um, So... (laughs) Um, but one of the things that that did, um, obviously nothing materialized out of that, but there was, if I could just be open and vulnerable for a moment, there was, um, probably at least a solid month where I was, I just felt like I was lost in wonder, wandering, um, not knowing what the next steps are, not, um, not, um, you know, just really questioning a lot of things, you know, uh, should we be doing a coffee house? Is that what God is really calling us to, um, you know, do we really move to Columbus or do we stay here in Newark? Just lots of different things that, oh, honestly just was a major bummer. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. and, but one of the things that going and looking at that building did is it it awakened something in us again and it reminded us um, that it's okay to dream and it's good to dream and that the dream is not dead. Um, And so, you know, in the meantime, uh, you know, I've had people ask like, what am I doing to survive? Um, You know, like what am I doing for pay? Uh, I have been doing uh, contracting work. So, uh, you know, I built a deck a couple of weeks, a few weeks ago. I've uh, been doing some tiling work. I do power washing. I do, um, uh, you know, I've installed a new door 
uh, for some people. So just kind of some general, uh, maybe, maybe not handyman kinds of things, but general contracting kinds of stuff that I've been doing mm-hmm. and the jobs for that keep coming in. And so, uh, I, you know, I was reminded, I think it was yesterday actually that, um, that we feel called like part of our mission, uh, like our mission statement is connecting faith to families, communities, and marketplaces. And I think during that time of wandering and confusion and all of those things, um, I was depressed because we weren't doing what it was that God had, or that we felt like God was calling us to do. Um, but then I realized, you know, like yesterday I was reminded, no, I'm in the marketplace. It's just a different marketplace than what I was um, imagining and what I was, mm-hmm. um, and had in mind. So we're, the goal is still to engage people in the marketplace. Uh, the goal is still to open up a coffee house. The goal is still to engage people in the third places of life. Um, but, uh, but at the same time, listening to the direction of God, uh, and I think I might've shared this and, uh, I was on a call with other church planters from Ohio last night, or sorry, um, it would have been on Thursday night. And, um, my, uh, pastor, Chris Dyer, uh, who, uh, who was the pastor that I worked alongside at community church for, for six years with, uh, he's the multiplication director for the, uh, for the greater Ohio district of the Wesleyan church. And he had quoted, I believe it was Winfield Bevins, uh, who is a professor at Asbury, uh, seminary. But, uh, he said, you know, sometimes God, uh, God allows a dream to die so that it can be resurrected, um, again. And, um, and so I wouldn't say that the dream has died, but I, I, uh, there was, there was times where I, where I thought that it might've been dead. Um, but having it resurrected, you know, there's something that exciting that happens when resurrection happens. So, um, mm-hmm. um, so we, um, that's my very, uh, I guess general update on that. Uh, the dream's not dead. Uh, we're just waiting for God's timing and God's direction. And, uh, when, th- when things, um, might be a possibility, we explore those. And so, uh, the kind of the, the thing that I've been praying about and, uh, kicking, a, uh, you know, kicking the tires on is the idea of us, of what it would look like for us to build uh, not to go in and refurbish, but to build from the ground up a coffee house that could serve uh, for that space. So, uh, yeah. So that's well, that's kind of what's going on. I, I'm glad that you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the dreaming phrase, because I was kind of waiting to see if you would say that, because I was going to call back to you exactly what you said at our service on Wednesday, which was, you know, we feel like we can dream again. And I think a lot of people are feeling that light at the end of the tunnel. Obviously, if you're watching the news, there's not a ton of good news out there right now. Uh, Maybe turn over to the next channel and watch the weather radar for a little bit uh, instead. But um, unless you're watching John Krasinski's Some Good News channel. Right. Yeah, then there is good news. That's a good point. (laughs) Um, But but, uh, nonetheless, I think... uh, you know, we have to try and be optimistic and and look forward and see 
how to continue to move forward and progress and excel with what we're trying to do. Uh, I also want to touch on something else you mentioned in there, which is you said that Pastor Chris was the director of uh, multiplication for the greater Ohio region. Do they get along with the greater Michigan region or was that like a something? You else? know, we still believe we still believe in uh, sending missionaries to foreign soil. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I. Maybe there's something about starting on the lighter side with some jokes that just feels natural bringing those back in. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I well, think and, and, uh, one other thing that I, I feel like I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, um, we're still operating as a church. I mean, we're still meeting every Wednesday. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, there, there was some repenting that I had to do early on because I thought that Harvest Gate could not exist without the coffee house. Uh, but then I realized, no, we're gathering together, we're studying scripture, we're sharing in fellowship and prayer and all those kinds of things together. And so hey, we've been saying the whole time that we could be a church without a building called a church. Yeah. So exactly. You know, yeah. yeah. So I mean, so I mean, church is happening. Uh, Harvest Gate is a for real thing. It is. It is launched. Um, but I mean, like we're. We haven't arrived yet, and I don't. We, we won't ever arrive. Nobody ever arrives. But, um, uh, but like so. So I don't want to say. I don't want anybody to hear. Well, we're not doing anything, and we're just kind of hoping and wishing and praying. We are still hoping and wishing and praying, but we're also actively, um, uh, you know, meeting and doing church, churchy kinds of things. And to to that point, um, this past. Wednesday, I announced um, that I have a neighbor who's going to be moving, and we are trying to get a time together where uh, we as a church can come together and help uh, my my neighbor move because they are unable to do so because of health reasons and things like that. So we're wanting to engage, like we've said all along, uh, in being a church for our communities and our neighbors uh, and uh, serving people in that way. Awesome. Uh, we look forward to doing that and helping them out. And uh, as always, reach out to Zach uh, on his email or through any of our social pages. Zach, what's your email again? Zach, Z-A-C-K, at harvestgate.org. Nice. Uh, let us know if you're interested in joining us for service. If you want to get involved in some other way, we'd love to hear from you. Um, uh, well, just and, quickly... And, and maybe, maybe you're not interested in coming, but... Uh, the thought of tiramisu um, was exciting for you. Uh, we do share a meal every every Wednesday before our services. So come for a meal and stay for, you know, the other part. But uh, come be a part. We really, uh, I, I love the little community that we're that we're growing into. Uh, and so I want you to be a part of that. Yeah. Speaking of that meal, I picked up something for it just today something to look forward to um all right so i think uh, in just to quickly summarize in terms of timelines uh very open-ended at the moment not any specific goals but we still have or i should say we don't have specific timelines but we do have specific goals that we still want to reach so uh we'll continue to keep you posted on that thanks for getting us updated on that zach i want to transition and dig a little deeper on something about harvest gate something about what we do or how we do or or why we do and this week i want to make that uh the apostles creed 
So at the beginning of each service, uh, we go through the Apostles' Creed together. Um, why, you know, when you were sort of coming up with how our services would go, why was that an important component for you? What is it for anybody who doesn't know it? Uh, kind of talk us through that. Yeah. So the Apostles' Creed, um, yep. first let me read the Apostles' Creed to you. Uh, or you know, to our to our listeners, and then then we can talk about it. Um, it says this: I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Um, so this, uh, the Apostles' Creed, um, you know, creeds are, are are statements that people make that they center around, um, that we can come together in unity on. Uh, you know, kind of alluding back to the joke from earlier, um, there are so many things that the church in general, and I'm talking the, the global church, can mm -hmm. and unfortunately does disagree upon. Uh, to the point where, uh, you know, you read some articles that say that these numbers are accurate and you read other ones that say, like, that's way blown out of proportion. Uh, but we could probably assume it's somewhere in here. Uh, but that uh, there are somewhere between 30 and 40,000 different denominations. Um, and it's kind of, not kind of, it's it's ridiculous because one group gets mad at another group because they believe one thing a little different. And so uh, we have to divide the church over this and we have to, and it just, be, it just becomes ridiculous. Um, so the reason why we do the apostles creed every week is because these are the, the what I believe are the most important tenets of our faith. It speaks to the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Uh, it, it speaks of Jesus' work um, uh, through his life and his teachings and his death, his burial and resurrection, and the work that he accomplished on the cross. Uh, it speaks of uh, the Holy Spirit and of the church. Um, it says, you know, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. And when I say the Holy Catholic Church, um, Catholic literally means universal. So the global church, we, we might reword it and say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the universal church, um, and the communion of the saints. Um, so there's a difference between the Catholic church, uh, little c, and the Roman Catholic church, which is the, uh, the it's, it's the Catholic church that most people think of. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and so, 
So I, I am of the opinion, I believe this, and there will be some people who would push me off the bridge and say, die, heretic, because, <laughs> because of, uh, of these beliefs. But I believe that if you are in agreement with, the, with these creedal statements, I can consider you a brother or a sister in Jesus Christ. And so we want to focus on the things that unite us rather than the things that divide us. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend who theologically we disagree on a lot of things. Um, but I know that he is a brother in Christ who loves me and I love him and he loves the Lord and he loves people, but we just love each other differently. And I have had other people who said, I don't know. Well, I've had some people say, I don't know how you are friends with him because you're so like you basically on a lot of the things that people disagree on, you guys disagree on. So I don't know how you are. Um, And then I've had other people say, I don't know why you are. Mm. Um, And I think that this is part of the problem in the church is that we're so divided uh, when we agree on 90, you know, we'll be great. Uh, you know, 98% of the things we agree on, but that 2% like, well, I can no longer associate with you. I think that's foolish. I think that that I'm going to, I'm going to be as so bold as to say, I think that that's sinful. I think that it's devastating to the body of Christ, the, the entire body of Christ. Um, and so we do this and I, I, you know, maybe with an exception of one or two times, I talk about this before we do this. We do this so that we can remember what it is that we center on, what it is uh, that we are here for, these things that we are in agreement with. And then in the midst of that, yeah, let's let's disagree and let's have conversations, let's argue and let's you know push back on one another. Those all, that's all well and good. I think that we need to come to church with those things. But more importantly, I think that what we need to do not I think, I know that what we need to do is be unified. Because in John 17, and we've talked about this in other um, uh, podcasts, in John 17, Jesus says, and the world will know you are my followers by your love for one another. And um, man, the world needs more love. We do a really sucky job, um, both Christian and non-Christian of loving one another. Um, uh, yeah. Was it the Beatles songs? All we need is love. That is 99% true. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so we do the apostles creed for that reason. We do it every week. Um, and for some people that might seem like, um, I think I think my my fear in doing it every week is that it can become some rote thing that we don't really pay attention to and we miss the purpose of it. Um, like it just becomes like a like a churchy kind of thing that we do or a Christiany kind of thing that we do. Um, mm-hmm. But but I wanted to sink in uh, that we you know I've even thought like when we get out of this uh, going through the Book of John maybe it would be good for us to go through all of these statements in the Apostles' Creed kind of as a sermon series, I guess you could say. So, uh, yeah. What are your thoughts or questions or, um, you know, what do you have to say about all that, Greg? 
Uh, I, you know, for all the years that I attended church at a Presbyterian church, a Nazarene church and Nazarene youth group, uh, a vineyard church, I think I've been in a Baptist church a couple times, you know, even though my affiliation with, uh, you know, religion in general is well documented through this podcast, you know, I've been around, um, Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I had not heard the Apostles' Creed prior to Harvestgate. Um, And I don't know, I guess, do you know anything about the origins of it, where it comes from? Oh, Greg, you're going to make me go there. Um, Well, hey, uh, you know, in in five minutes or less. (laughs) Um, So, uh, the Apostles' Creed um, comes from... um, it is a newer rendition of the Nicene Creed. Uh, the nice there was uh, in, let's see. Um, uh, I want to say it was in the three hundreds. Uh, there was a council that met uh, in the town of. Um, uh, sorry, uh, in the city of Nicaea. Um, and so Emperor Constantine, uh, calls this, this council together, uh, and they, um, to, to discuss, uh, divisions in the church to come up with a doctrine on these things. Um, and the, this, uh, this, Council happened in 325. Um, and from there, we get the, uh, the Nicene Creed. Um, and it is very similar to the Apostles' Creed. Um, let me see if I can pull it up here real quick. Hmm. Uh, we, here it is. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, begotten from the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of the same essence as the Father. And through him all things were made, and for us and for our salvation he came down from heaven. He became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary. He was made human. He was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. The third day he rose again, according to the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again with glory to judge the living and the dead. His kingdom will never end. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. He proceeds from the Father and the Son, and with the Father and the Son uh, is worshipped and glorified. He spoke through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic Church, the Apostolic or an Apostolic Church. We affirm one baptism and the forgiveness of sins. We look forward to the resurrection of the dead and to life in the world to come. Amen. So there's a lot of things in the Nicene Creed uh, that um, that are echoed in the Apostles' Creed. Um, to be honest, I don't know when uh, the Apostles' Creed came to be, uh, but it is a um, uh, it, it is uh, it is 
its origins are found in the uh, the Nicene Creed from 325. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did a Wikipedia search. It says the earliest known mention of the expression the Apostles' Creed occurs in a letter of AD 390 uh, from a synod in Milan and may have been associated with the belief widely accepted in the 4th century. So, there you go. Um, So, it has deep, deep roots in Christianity. Um, So, that is, that's the, that's the brief, relatively un, uh, uh, unresearched origins of the Apostles' Creed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did put you on the spot, so I think, uh, in, under the circumstances, well done. I think. Um, uh, is there anything else you want to say about the Apostles' Creed in terms of, um, you know, I think we talked about what it is. We talked about um, where it comes from, a little bit about why we do it. Um, anything else we need to know? No, um, no, I don't think so. Other than I think that it's important that uh, whether we repeat the cr- the creed every every week or not, I think that it's really important that we as the church come together in unity and mm-hmm. uh, focus upon what unites us, not what denies uh, uh, divides us. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Um, so I want to transition us toward closing with uh, some food for thought, something uh, that we can chew on for the next couple of weeks. Do you have any little nuggets of wisdom uh, for us to think about until we come back? for July 2020 part one. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to stick with this theme of unity. Uh, uh, you know, I was talking about like this being in this time of wandering and questioning and, you know, just kind of wondering what's going on in the world. Um, and, and as I was, I was reflecting the other day and just, I I realized how disappointed I have been in the like with the world, um, and also more specifically, shining a, a, a holding a mirror up to ourselves. How disappointed I have been in the church during these last few months, um, and I'm I'm sp- and I'm not saying oh I've got this all figured out. Uh, I'm shining. Uh, I'm I'm holding a mirror to myself as well. Uh, and, and here, here's what I think it kind of boils down to. Um, I think the problem in the world today is that we all, every single one of us assume that we are the good guys and everyone else who disagrees with our positions are the bad guys. So, but I think that's also important that we understand that nobody chooses a side because they think that it's evil. Um, they choose sides because, generally speaking, there are truths and goodness um, that lie at the core of the side that they choose, uh, or, or the, that particular side that they are on. And I don't care what what it is that you're talking about, whether you're talking about liberal versus conservative, whether you're talking about Republican versus Democrat whether you are talking about um, uh, ISIS versus America, <laughs> um, and that's a really extreme one. Um, 
whether you're talking about Christian versus non-Christian, uh, whether you're talking, whatever the case may be, I think that what we do is we dehumanize the other side. And it's easy to dehumanize other people when we polarize the other side and paint them as the evil enemy. Uh, and then we paint ourselves as the righteous white knights riding in on our faithful steeds. Um, and and I was reflecting on Jesus's words. Um, I I don't have a reference point for this other than it's in the Bible and in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, one of those, and Jesus said it. Um, but he, he, he says this, uh, and I'm paraphrasing again, uh, but what he says is, don't look at the speck in someone else's eye until you have thoroughly reflected <laughs> on the giant plank that is in your eye. Um, and, and I think maybe the way that we could rephrase this, or maybe the, the uh, what do you call that, the moral of that story or the moral of that parable is this. Maximize your own sins and minimize other people's. Because in reality, the only thing that we can really change is ourselves. And so maybe if we looked and saw, okay, so where are the areas that I, not even, not even that I'm wrong, but where are the, where are the areas that I am sinful? Where are the areas of life that I uh, am not listening to others? I, I've seen so much vitriol and hatred on social media, and my initial reaction is, I need to delete this person because I don't want th these toxic things that they're saying. And then I'm reminded, yeah, uh, because breaking off relationship with those people is really going to help. <laughs> um, we have a responsibility to listen to one another and to, to have nuanced thinking and uh, to, I'm not saying that we have to change sides but listen to one another so that we understand that the other side is not the enemy and look for the, like treat, treat all information like bubble gum, uh, chew on it, get the flavor out. And then what, when the flavor is gone, spit it out. You know, there, there are good things on both sides. Again, I'm talking about all things, uh, you know, Liberals versus conservatives, uh, you know, Republican versus Democrat, uh, mask wearers versus non-mask wearers, uh, you know, whatever the case is, open up, you know, open up people, open up the, the government or open up the world versus, um, you know, shut everything down. Listen to one another. We don't listen. And it's so ignorant and it's so... Uh, hateful um, by doing that. It's so prideful that we would do that. Um, I'm just so 
burdened by this. I'm so disappointed that the church should be a beacon of like we should be a great example of 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 love in this time, but I've seen honestly, I think I've seen more hate come from people within the church than I have outside of the church and my heart breaks. And I want to tell those who are outside of the church or who are not a part of the church that we all aren't hateful, bigoting people. Um, but we are broken people and we are hurting. And I think that the way the, the reason why we are responding the way that we are responding is because we're hurting and we're not sure how to communicate our hurt and our, our discomfort and those kinds of things. Um, and so my plea to whoever is listening, my plea to the church, my plea to myself uh, as I look in the mirror is slow down and listen to your fellow human being. They are brothers and sisters. They are made in the image of God. They have families. They have hurts. They have habits. They have baggage. Listen to one another, because maybe if we listen to one another, we'll understand that the other person is not the enemy. And if I believe it's um, in Ephesians, it says, For we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. Your fellow man, my fellow man, are not the enemy. There are powers and principalities that are pervasive in the world. That is the enemy. Love your neighbor as yourself, and maybe we might get somewhere in this world, and the world will be a better place, and the kingdom of God will be realized here on earth as it is in heaven. That is what burdens me. That's um, Maybe that was only for me. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's what I've got to say. I think it was well said Uh, to all of you that have been listening. Thank you very much uh, for joining us this week. Remember to keep tabs on our social media at Harvestgate Network, harvestgate.org, and right here on the Harvestgate podcast. Zach, thank you very much for your time this week. It's been fun. Follow us on social media at Harvestgate Network. There are several ways you can engage with us and support the Harvestgate Network at harvestgate.org. You can subscribe to the Harvestgate podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. If you're as excited as we are about this project, please consider supporting us by sharing, joining our prayer team, or donating on our website. Thanks for listening to the Harvestgate podcast, connecting faith to families, communities, and marketplaces.